Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the most growth-oriented while cutting at the same time podcast of all time. Speaking of which... I have the most growth-oriented podcast co-host of all time. It's Mr. Everett Farnell. You know, Steve, i got to tell you something. I have only so much time in the day, so I'm thinking about that I'm going to remove some of my social media presence and some of my online activity and then take that time and launch four more podcasts. It's a good idea. <laughs> How's it going, my friend? I think we, we, should, uh, we, we want more listeners while cutting out some of the listeners. Absolutely. I think that's the way that we should do it. You know, and it, we jest, but actually that's how you run a business properly, and that's how you attract exactly. clients properly. Most businesses make, in my experience of helping thousands and thousands of business owners, they make the mistake of always wanting more customers and more patients, more clients, more members, whatever it is to the business, and that's often contrary to the goals of the company and to the well-being of the company. Actually, the best thing for most companies is to have less clients that are all paying more money that are more valuable, but therefore you have less overhead and less people needed to serve them and less customer service issues and less accounting issues and less employees and less everything. So it's not a matter of wanting more customers, and yet that's all just about any business owner ever thinks or talks about is more, more, more. You see Donald Trump this week coming out with his directive to his whoever in the cabinet oversees these kind of big budget things about making recommendations to Congress that, hey, overall, we got to cut spending because we have this absurd, unwieldy deficit that's going to kill us. So we have to cut spending. However, we have to increase spending in certain areas. And then, of course, heads exploded. Right. Because non-business people have no clue that's so contrarian to them, it seems like it doesn't make sense. Well, it seems like it doesn't make sense, but it makes perfect sense to anybody who's ever run a business because well, of course. you know that you can't always make decisions that seem consistent on the surface, whereas what Trump's saying is that there's a lot of fat on this pig that we can cut without cutting some of the things that... What he's uh, saying is we want more bacon, but we got to cut these pigs. Right. And again, right. so heads explode from non-business people that don't understand that. It makes perfect sense to people who live by the bottom line. Trump is just living by the bottom line. What he's saying is, to use that analogy, trim the fat so that we can have less pigs, but overall have more meat. Right, right. Because right now, you got, he's got a whole herd of fat pigs. That government is so bloated and so fat and so unwieldy, that's what's causing all the deficits to rise because typical government people never met a budget they didn't love. 
They never cut anything. They don't cut employees. They don't cut budgets. They don't cut spending. They don't cut. Once something is in, everyone knows. Look at Obamacare. When Obamacare came out, which is pretty much the worst piece of legislation of all time, it was roundly cited as such, a piece of crap. And over the years now, polls at least say, not that you can trust polls, but that's all you got, polls say over 50% of Americans like Obamacare. How ridiculous. That only happens because once something's in place, human beings get used to it, and they feel comfortable. And even when something is unpleasant, it's comfortable. So they want to keep it. Absolutely. Isn't it funny? I know you've had this experience, as have I. It's so great to get a client who is nervous about firing customers and nervous about losing top-line revenue and nervous about making cuts in their business, and then you finally talk them into it, and they get rid of the bad customers that they don't need, and they keep or maybe get, even get some more of the good customers that they do want, and then they cut their staff. Unfortunately, that's part of business, is trimming your staff and streamlining your operations. They streamline their operations. They cut their equipment expenses. They cut their marketing expenses because now it's very targeted. Their top-line revenue goes down and their profits go up. And is there anything better as a consultant than watching the client's head implode when they're collecting less money and keeping more of it? Well, sure. It's analogous in, in the business world to a merger. So you look at exactly. the two bloated government agencies, for instance, and you ought to say, let's cut out this agency, and then heads will explode and go, but we need that. They have to do that. Well, yeah, we, I didn't say cut out what they do. I said cut out the agency and just merge it, fold it into an existing one, and therefore a lot of the overlapping, redundant, ridiculous, bloated, bureaucratic nightmare of all of it is cut. And that's what happens in business. Two companies see each other and say, look, if we merge, we can get rid of a lot of redundant stuff. We can get a lot of actually get rid of physical locations. We can get rid of a lot of middle managers. We can get a lot of overlapping salespeople. We can get rid of a lot of overlapping everything. Absolutely. You know, look at some typical mergers, acquisitions. Coke buying up brands like crazy, saying, look, we already got trucks rolling to stores, in fact, and we already have the greatest relationship with those stores. And if people don't know in the retail, I know our listeners that are in retail understand it's all about shelf space. And Coke has the prime shelf space. So meanwhile, while Fanta is relegated to the bottom row and nobody's buying the stuff... (laughs) Coke buys it for pennies and suddenly negotiates and says, hey, we're Coke. You're giving us better shelf space for our new brand, Fanta, and move something else to the bottom. And boom, Fanta sales double or triple. Meanwhile, the costs go way down because it's being delivered on the same Coke trucks by the same Coke drivers from the same Coke warehouses. And all those drivers, trucks, and warehouses that Fanta had, pretty much all of them are gone. And so, like you just said, the volume of workers and locations and therefore revenue, in quotes, goes down. But the profits go sky high through the roof because of the smart merger. And that's what Trump is, how he looks at the government, where government workers just sit there and shake their heads and go, I don't understand what you're talking about. You're talking about increasing spending but cutting spending? I don't get it. Exactly. Increasing spending but cutting spending. You know, it's great that, and this is a little bit off topic, but I just want to point out a book recommendation for our listeners to somebody who has made several fortunes doing exactly what you just described, taking products and adding on delivery channels or putting in better delivery channels to get those products. Speaking of delivery channels, you might have heard in the background just now, a doorbell went off. 
Amazon Prime just arrived with some stuff. Very cool. Oh, like that. Bezos is the only man in the world who can get the post office to deliver on Sunday. Well, and that's <laughs> when we're recording this on a Sunday, and so that's just what we're talking about here, Amazon, which says exactly. we're going to deliver toys and everything else, and therefore Toys R Us becomes not necessary, and bookstores become not necessary, and all kinds of retail stores become not, not necessary because Amazon says we have the infrastructure, so we're going to cut overall spending if you add the two businesses together, but we're going to increase profits into the one remaining business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I apologize. Speaking of Amazon, you were giving a book recommendation that I can go yeah, to Amazon.com yeah. and get. Joe Kosman, Joseph Kosman, How I Made Ah, it the Ant Farm. Mail order. The Ant Farm, exactly. The Ant Farm, the potato gun. Here's a guy who literally just found other people's products. And his genius and how he made several fortunes was not in building a huge business. His genius was tacking on other delivery channels. So he'd go to somebody who invented something, and he'd tie up all the delivery channels except for the way that they were doing. So if you're only selling to however you're selling it, you're selling it through a rep channel or you're selling it to schools, through teachers, whatever. Well, like the Ant Farm you're talking about. Channels. That's specifically okay. the Ant Farm example. Exactly. Yeah, that's where the teachers. He found that Ant Farms are only being sold basically to schools. Exactly, and he figured out the kids would love them, so he sold them in comic books and made millions. Right, of I would think that he was a tremendous influence on Bill Gates because Bill Gates grew up at a time where only big businesses had computers. Probably, just like Joe Cosman said, only big schools, big government schools, have ant farms. But wait a minute, how about every kid having his own little personal ant farm? And Bill Gates said, how about everybody having their own personal computer? And boom! Now it just so happens that computers are slightly more valuable and popular than ant farms, <laughs> and therefore, right. Joe Costin was a genius and made a lot of money, but Bill Gates became the richest human being of all time. Yeah, well, same concept, and so Bezos. And Bezos, same so. thing. I mean, when I went to college, I remember going to college, and that was a thing. I remember when, in high school, when they got a computer, and I went and joined the computer club because I was interested in it, and that's when we were feeding little rolls of tape to get punch holes in them and punch cards into computers. That's how we copied the programming and put it back into. I mean, that's how it worked. And I remember right, right. having to sign Absolutely. into the computer lab in college to go be able to play video games on MS-DOS that are hilariously ridiculous. No action at all, just grids printing out. And then you put in where your next move is to blow up the spaceship, and a grid comes out and says how much damage. I mean, that's what it was. Only big organizations yeah, had computers. Bill Gates comes along and says just what we're talking about here. Let's find a new channel. Let's find a new market. Let's find a new audience that might like this same thing. And that's what Trump is talking about with the government and heads are exploding. Absolutely. It's a so in your business, the bottom line of the tip is in your business, what are you married to that you reasonably should not be married to? In other words, put yourself in the shoes as if you were acquiring your own business. Take a step out from behind your desk and step to the front door and look into your business and say, if I was buying this today, therefore I don't know anyone here. I don't know Marge that's been here 15 years and nobody knows what she does. I don't know the 16 guys in the mail room when we only need eight of them. I don't know why we have all that empty space in the back that isn't being used. It's just like we throw papers in there. What can I cut here while also increasing the bottom line of the business? And look at it from that standpoint. Instead of looking at like we all tend to do as a business owner, we get married to our employees, to our customers, to our space, to our equipment, to everything, our systems, our computers, everything in the business. Business, and we make excuses of why we can't get rid of them and replace them with something better or just get rid of them altogether. 
Absolutely. And let's not forget, this is a great tip, and what Steve just told you is, I'm going to break the fourth wall here a little bit, it's an amazing tip. And if you're not doing it at least once a year, you're leaving a ton of money on the table. However, the advanced tip this week is going to knock their socks off, isn't it, Steve? It's a doozy. It's along these lines, but it takes it to several higher levels in Trumpian fashion. And so, number one, you want to look at your business the way we just talked about, but number two, you want to take action based on the advanced tip of the week. And to get that, as always, it's real simple. You just go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. Speaking of Bill Gates, I'm pretty sure everyone listening here has access to a computer, and you can go type in LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. You can get the advanced tip of the week, and you can profit even more and make more of your naysayers heads explode you've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today if you want to be a winner like trump make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to lessons learned from donaldtrump.com and join us next time unless you like being a loser some people do trust me